welcome to Life Coaching on the Move. I'm your host, Dawn Fisk. Welcome along to the podcast. Um, Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this. Um, You're very, very welcome. If you're new to the podcast, then there are lots and lots of previous episodes on a whole host of different subjects, ranging to career advice and CV writing through to um, effective communication, confidence, goal setting, uh, overcoming procrastination, some time management and some general and a lot of general well-being stuff uh, you know coaching thoughts and insights so do feel free to go back to all the previous episodes if you find something that has really helped you in fact I got an email just yesterday saying that her, uh, a new listener had started to listen to the podcast and was finding it really helpful since her friend had told her about it so that is brilliant because if you can spread the word a little bit it may well be that your friends are struggling right now and this could help them it could be what they need just at the moment to get them through what is a difficult time right now with a lot of anxiety out there a lot of issues and struggles so um you know listening to this or a couple of these episodes may be just what somebody needs so please do feel free to share it on your social media or to cut and paste the link and actually send it to a friend who you feel is struggling right now that would be lovely thank you so much just to let you know on the website www.milestone-coaching.co.uk we've got various workshops coming up in particular there is a saturday morning uh time management workshop coming up it's a saturday morning because i know so many of you are stressed at work i didn't want it to bite into your work day so it's a saturday two-hour workshop very practical very involved and um, user-friendly for you to take out of it and tailor it to your own needs. Um, It's a small group so that the small group can get involved. So there are limited numbers. If you want to have a look at that, look at the website, go into the workshops tab. There's also a life skills and confidence workshops seven-week program starting and also a stress management three-week workshop starting soon so have a browse through the workshop tabs and all sorts of other things on there i think i will stop talking now today we are discussing um how to resolve um some anger um disputes amongst you and somebody else uh, be it your boss or your partner or a friend or other people it's not agreeing with other people and how we can calm that down and perhaps take a different stance than previously Um, because if we keep doing the same thing over and over again we're only going to get the same reaction or the same result so maybe this is a different approach or at least give you some food for thought so that you can approach things differently um, and then change the outcome i hope you enjoy it i will just crack on now to this week's episode of life coaching on the move Today I wanted to talk to you about the middle ground or the grey area. That's a better phrase, I think, especially as (laughs) we're in topical at the moment. We're in lockdown. The hairdressers are still closed, although it is looming the dates that they can open up. And many of us are struggling with our greys. But I didn't want to talk about that, actually. I wanted to talk about the black and white view that so many of us have 
in an argument or a debate or in our thinking or in our relationships, very black and white thinking. Um, and this has been coming up quite a lot in clients lately as well. There's a right or a wrong, uh, a good or a bad. Um, and this is where I think potential problems can crop up because I don't think there often is exclusively a good and a bad or a right and a wrong. I think there is a grey area. Things are not absolute. Um, and I think that's why passions are so high at the moment. And there's lots of, I think, anger, actually. Uh, there's quite a lot of anger, um, dismissing other people's views, dismissing um, other sides. And I think it can lead to problems. Um, it can lead to unhealthy discussions. It can, because what happens in our human brains is we make a decision. We make, we form an opinion. We make a decision. We form a belief, and then we search for evidence to confirm that, to justify it, to confirm it, to to um, give us more evidence and back up what we believed, what we said, what we um, what we hold dear to us. And in doing that and in searching for that evidence and support, we become blind to other things around us, to other viewpoints, to other potential shades, um, to other potential bits of information. We exclude it. We filter it out. We don't see it. And I feel this is where um, difficulties crop up, anger crops up, um, you know, and we dismiss others or we dislike others or um, we almost, be, it can almost become them and us. A bit like, um, in for those of you in the Brexit, in the UK with Brexit, those that voted for Brexit were in one camp, those that didn't or voted against it um, were in another and there was a real divide. I think it's the same with government at the moment. If you support um, and agree with Tory or Boris Johnson's approach, you're in one camp. If you don't, if you feel he's made mistakes, it's almost um, almost hatred uh, against him, the party, the decisions, um, those that vote for him, those that support him, and, and it's becoming very, very passionate and um, very divisive um, and emotions are high at the moment. You've just got to look at the news at the moment with people campaigning event against various things, um, campaigning about the right to campaign and things like that, despite breaking rules or lockdown restrictions or risking COVID spreads or anything like that. They, they People are very passionate, they're very in one camp or the other, they're very divisive, they're very angry. And I wonder what's going on. I wonder why there's so much anger. And when I'm working with clients, um, maybe it's a relationship issue or they're talking about something that their partner said or they're very angry about something or a boss, something a boss has decided or the organisation has decided or something a boss has said to them, um, it's very black and white, their view versus the other, their partner or their husband or whoever. That's where the problem can lay. 
Whereas when we seek out the middle ground, when we seek out the grey area um, and where there is shared opinion, if we look for what we agree with, with that other person, what common ground we've got, we can then look at what our differences are in a much stronger, safer way. So if you go straight to what your differences are, what your differences of opinion are, um, and the divide, you're never going to meet in the middle. But if we challenge it from where we meet and agree in the middle, what we think the government has done well, or the country have done well, or uh, the organisation, or the your your boss, or you in your marriage, or whatever, what the good the success and the shared achievements and the shared successes and the shared opinions, then from there, in that safer, stronger uh, foundation, that platform, we can then, in a much more conducive way, begin to discuss the differences, what we might disagree with, what we might not agree with and see from the same points of view. But there's never really a right or wrong in many things, or a good and a bad. There aren't good people and bad people, generally, generally. Most of us have good moods and bad moods. Most of us have a really lovely side and a stroppy side, if we're having a bad day, or we're uh, very tired, or we're very hungry or something, because we're a mixture, we're a complication. And that's got to be true of our organisation. There's got to be some good in the organisation that we work for, or the boss that we work for, and some bad, or the government that's that's governing at the moment. Um, There has to be some successes, but we, we just sift that out and ignore that. Um, and this is where it becomes dangerous and this is where I think there's so much anger around Um, at the moment with the Metropolitan Police there's the risk now where lots of people are labelling them all as bad all as racist all as aggressive and um, bad police officers but I know because I worked with the Metropolitan Police for a year that there are hundreds and hundreds of really, really good, honest, fair, unbiased, unprejudiced, um, uh, non-racist police officers. And you'll get bad people in every walk of life. Well, when I say bad, you'll get some not so good accountants or um, builders or plumbers or doctors or whatever it is there'll always be some really good ones really really strong in their field really efficient really um, professional and you'll get some non so less so Uh, we've got to look for the gray areas we can't rule out all police officers now or um all of the government or or that particular party or the whole of the organisation. But we tend to do that because it makes us feel better about our opinion. Um, So often when we decide we're going to leave the company, we've handed in our notice, we'll look for only the bad to almost make our decision feel better, to almost make our resignation period feel better. Rather than, and, and it's a bit like this, through divorce. Sometimes once one party decides they want a divorce, 
they will then say in the heat of the moment, I've never been happy, I've never loved you, this has been unhappy marriage for 30 years. But that's, that, that's rarely ever true. Generally, there were good times, there were good things that came with the marriage, there were good moments, happy years, there was love at one point. But so often us humans manage to turn it round, so we make it very black and white. Um, because that's less painful, it's more confirming of our opinion. It's easier to walk away from a marriage if we tell ourselves and the other person there's never been good, I've never been in love, it's been happy, unhappy for years. That makes the action easier to go through with. Um, if we're leaving the company, if we tell ourselves it's been um, a poor boss, terrible policies, uh, bad management, etc., etc. It makes it easier to walk away from there. But if we're not planning to walk away from them, we're many, planning to try and resolve things or find uh, some peace within ourselves or happiness within our family or in our lives. If we're trying to feel better in the world, we need to look for the grey area, the good and the bad, the happy and the sad, the the kind and the angry. We've got to look at both sides. It's always two sides to that coin. Um, it's, it's not one or the other. It's both. We're all kind and cruel at times, um, to a greater or lesser extent. All angry and happy to a greater or lesser extent, depending on what's going on. Um, so what... What I really feel is worth looking for is the mid-ground or the grey area or whatever you want or the mutual territory or the shared territory, whatever you want to call it. But that's the part where we can start making real progress. If we look at that, we can see the good, the progress or the achievements or the successes or the shared territory. And we can come from that from a much stronger, healthier place. And we're not so angry, not so against the whole organisation that we've worked for or so against the whole marriage or, or whatever it is, or the, or the whole of the Metropolitan Police or the whole of the government or whatever. We could see the good and celebrate the good and see perhaps some lessons to be learned. Um, for example, we can look at our career with that company and look at what we've learned, what we've given, what we've taken, what, how we've grown as a result of our few years with that organisation and take from it the good. Otherwise, we go away leaving angry and negative. Um, so, so I think there's a lot to be said for looking for the grey area, um, even if we want our roots done at the moment. Um, and I just feel it would calm us all down if we looked for that, if we, sh we looked more for the, the shared positive or healthier area. It helps us come to terms with things. Um, you know, for example, if we're job hunting, if we see it very black and white, I failed, I didn't get offered the job, I was rejected, they rejected me. That's very, very black and white. It's not taking into account the grey area, which is 
how many applicants were there? Oh, I was one of 40 applicants. There was only one role. Um, I got whittled down to the last four. I, it was between me and one other. We don't look at that often. We look at the fact that we were rejected or we failed or we were turned down or we did, didn't succeed. We didn't get that job. Instead of the grey area that it was one in 40 chance and I did really, really well. Um, so I think that's what we've got to do. We've got to look at the different part of it. It's where we put our attention. And often where we focus on can be quite damaging. It's a bit like um, if we focus on a goal that we've got, say we want to run a marathon, if we focus only on the marathon, the the rest is painful. But if we focus on doing one run after another run and just building on our success and enjoying the runs, enjoying, enjoying the process, it doesn't matter what speed we get in our in the marathon. Or if we're writing a book, rather than concentrating on the end goal of that book if we just concentrate on writing the story on the actual process of writing a novel or writing your autobiography or whatever it is um, then you're going to enjoy that much much more and ultimately the book will probably be a lot better because you've enjoyed the process and focused on the process so it's where we put our attention. No, you can't. So it, depending on what you do, where you look will change how you feel. Uh, if you focus on being turned down or you've got to get a certain speed um, or you've got to get a certain end result, a grade, let's say. A lot of the teenagers I work with, they've got to get a certain A star or whatever. Um, and there's so much pressure instead of enjoying the process, just enjoying school, enjoying your years, looking forward to college. They're so driven on that one grade and it takes, it robs us of the whole experience. It's a bit like going on a holiday. We just concentrate on being by that pool with that cocktail in our hand rather than enjoying the whole build up of it buying some holiday clothes, looking forward to um, how many more weeks is there, enjoying the air. My sister and brother-in-law love the airport. <laughs> they get there hours beforehand because they love the shopping in the airport. They love the fact that the bars are open no matter what time it is. This is all pre-COVID, obviously. Um, they, they go there and have a lovely meal. They make it an event. They just love being in the airport, relaxed, um, rather than the approach that we normally have, which is lastminute.com, quite literally racing through the airport. We have been called on the tannoy by name on occasions, more than one occasion, actually. And it's usually stressful. It's hideous. We get on the plane, hyperventilating, sweat going down our back in a real frenzy. Um, so if we can enjoy the process, I've learned lots from watching them and their approach to the airport. Um, so yeah, I think really we've just got to focus on the, the, the actual action, the success, the progress, the doing rather than the end goal. If we concentrate completely on the end goal, um, 
you rob yourself of so much opportunity. It's a bit like, a, a, you know, you've got a garden project, you want to grow veg. If you enjoy the process of the gardening, the getting it ready, the sowing, the seeding, the watering, the nurturing, the nourishing, and then the end goal, you've got the vegetables there. But if we only focus on the vegetables, you, you miss all of that experience. Um, so it doesn't matter whether it's a fitness goal, um, a, an achievement that you've set yourself, um, a work goal, any of it. If we enjoy the process, you double what you're going to take from that. Uh, more than double if, you know, rather than just the end holiday or the end grade or grades. Um, you know, if you're going to university and all you think about is the end point where you're getting your degree, you've missed out the three or four years of experience and fun and life lessons that you can have in between because all you're driven towards is getting that. If your goal is to get a first-class honours, you miss all of the journey, all of the way. Such a shame because, as we know, you know, it, every day is for living now. If you can enjoy every day, each day at the time that we've got it, we're going to get so much more out of life rather than constantly living in the future. Eckhart Tolle, if you've ever listened to him, is all about living in the present, living in the now, the power of the now, because that's the only thing we've got guaranteed. We do not know what's going to happen in the future. Covid showed us that. we Very few of us saw that coming. And, you know, if we'd been told we'd be in lockdown pretty much for a year when we first went into lockdown, that equally would have been horrendous if we thought, really, a whole year? But because we thought it was going to be a few weeks, it, it, it didn't make it as painful. We weren't focusing on the end point. It was just the let's focus on this and get these the R down and get over this and get it behind us. So sometimes it is best not to know the end point, not to focus on that. It's just to focus on the now and the power of the now, because it is hugely important. Um, this is why I think a lot of diets don't work, because we focus on the fact that, oh, God, it's going to be months. It's months and months that I can't have this food or I have to have that food or whatever you're doing, whatever your approach is. But if you just focus on each day, I've had a good day, I've eaten well, I've eaten healthy food, I feel good, um, my stomach's doing really well, I've stopped having bloating, I've stopped having pain and all of those sorts of things, then you, it doesn't matter that it might be a few weeks ahead, it might be a few months because you're just focusing on the now and how good you feel in the now rather than constantly months ahead and what you're going to look like or not look like and how bad it's going to feel or not feel or whatever. Um, before I was just going to actually share, especially for the male listeners of this podcast, um, <laughs> before I go, I wanted just to, my, I do learn so much from, um, from the dogs or from animals generally. If you just watch animal uh, documentaries and things like that. We as humans can learn so much about us humans if we watch and study animals. I do believe that. Um, and I draw so many lessons from watching these two dogs, their interaction, their personalities, just their behaviour. <laughs> um, and 
just last week, I made the decision that I should get our oldest dog, three-year-old, uh, spayed because she's been having some terrible trouble. Um, we had wanted to breed her a few a year or so ago and it didn't work. And actually what happened instead was she had a horrendous phantom pregnancy, a really heartbreaking phantom pregnancy where she had milk, she had contractions, she had everything except a litter of pups. And for weeks after, she was looking for the pups. Um, she was she really struggled. She was looking under the hedges for them, carrying a toy around and nursing a toy of hers, one particular one. She really, really struggled. Um, this season, she, in hindsight, has done something similar. She, but because we've got the puppy, her behaviour wasn't as extreme. But she was has been really low and really down for a long time can't be bothered to do much doesn't apart from her walk doesn't really interact much or come out in the garden much and has been really subdued <clears throat> and the vet thinks or thought she probably has um polycystic ovaries anyway um last week i took her to be spayed because um they just seem to affect her so so much and i have to say i felt horrendously guilty as she went in and i left her that dog, though, has been such a dream since she is back. The little dog that we used to have, the happy, her tail hasn't stopped wagging. She's full of energy. She is back her old self. She is such a delight. She's playful. She's energetic. She, If she were a human, I swear she would say that those awful hormones were making her feel miserable and grim and holding her back and dragging her down and just awful. I think she was having a terrible, terrible hormonal time and had been, in hindsight, on and off for much of her life, I think, and hopefully won't now. Um, so I just want to say to you, as I've said to my husband since, you see, hormones are not in our heads. They are not something we use as an excuse, <laughs> um, despite what my husband says. Um, they are something really very, very real, very, very um, affecting um, and really, really involved with so much. They're just so horrible for us females. So I wanted to just say that to all of um, to all of you, that it's not our fault and it's not what we want and it's n not pleasant. They are not pleasant. Um, and we just need to cut ourselves some slack and, and, you know, understand a little bit. And the males in our lives need to understand that they are very real things that are not in our control much of the time. However, if you're anything like my husband, he is now, <laughs> he is now threatening to contact the vet and see if the vet can do similar uh, procedure to me. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, I hope you all have a good week. Look for the grey area, look for the shared territory the sh the shared ground and draw from that if you can and i think then we'll all calm down and we'll all see each other's perspectives and understand each other's viewpoints much better um and be more accepting we'll all be more accepting of everything that's going on in each other and feel happier in ourselves so have a really really good week and i'll talk to you next week on life coaching on the move mm -hmm.